I'm given a gift that I was given, I was born black. So Mm -hmm. therefore I am given certain challenges where I can utilize my blackness and I can utilize my knowledge and utilize that to either inspire people, to give knowledge to people. And I think that that needs to be the mindset of a lot of black people in our country right now, because it, it should be a privilege and should be something that we should take honor in. Welcome to the Push Podcast. Why push? Because a nudge is just too friendly. And friend, we're here to help you get your shit together. I'm Eddie. And I'm Janelle. And we're the Copelands. We've got three daughters, two businesses, a mortgage, and lots of responsibilities. So just like you, we're struggling to find that perfect balance of ambitious go-getter hustle while still staying present, loving our kids, and working on our relationship. (laughs) And doing the laundry, going to the grocery store. Oh, and don't forget being mindful. Yeah, all of the stuff. (laughs) So if you're juggling all the things, but you're also trying to get to the next level, guess what? You're in the right place. So get ready to be pushed. Hey guys, welcome back to the Push Podcast. This is episode number 41, and we have some special guests today. I'm Janelle. I'm Kayla. I'm Jasmine. And I'm Edward Copeland. Okay. The first. So here's the thing. Um, <laughs> the first and only because you have no boys. <laughs> so we released our last episode is about race. There's so much going on in America. And we want to use our voice, our platform, and quite frankly, our family's story to help educate people inspire them and just share perspectives. Right? Absolutely. And and if you're struggling with God, the push podcast is about personal development and yeah, all we're those pushing things. your ass this to is talk personal about development, things. right? Yeah. People, yeah. different races interacting, whether it be business, doesn't matter who you're working with, this is personal development. Yeah. These things are really uncomfortable, right? Yes. But we got to not be uncomfortable. Push through. It's, yeah. So just to kind of paint a picture a little bit about what our household has looked like in the past three, four, five days now, every room that you pass by, you will hear one of us on the phone talking to someone, explaining to them what they need to know, how they need to be educating themselves, but also us trying to give guidance and educate so that we're not just sitting here expecting you to go pick up a history book, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that's been the most important thing. So you'll have some people, some Black people that will say, it is not my responsibility to educate white people on why they need to be nice and why they need to do this and why this is important. And so that's been a pretty heated conversation in our household in the last 24 hours. Kaylee, you want to share something? Sure. Okay. Um, so recently... I can, like an hour ago. An hour ago. <laughs> um, I came across a post from she's a black girl and she made a video was very she was very angry and she clearly stated that it is not our job as black people to inform you on the black community and how black people have been oppressed. And she said this because we have so many resources nowadays that it should be fairly easy for a white person to take it upon themselves and get a book and go on social media and learn about what is going on within the Black community and basically the roots of that. And so we've been talking about in this household how we cannot expect someone who has not been immersed in the Black community or with Black people to take it upon themselves to give a shit to care <laughs> enough to research about black problems and and us assuming that is only going to hurt the movement right yeah. because yeah. why would someone who has no empathy for the black community 
try to learn more about the community Why are they gonna waste and fight time? for the community. Yeah. It's a longer perpetuated struggle if you just are going to leave it in the hands of people who already don't care. Mm-hmm. Right? And, we, and we already live in a society where we categorize things. So we say, hey, that's a black movie. That movie's for black people. Mm-hmm. Hey, that documentary, mm-hmm. that looks like it's for black people. So that's probably what they mm-hmm. want to learn about and watch. Rarely do you have situations where you're going to just go outside of that category and watch something different. Like, I can't tell you, and this is sad, but I can't tell you I know a lot about the Armenian genocide. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you I know a lot about the Holocaust, although I've learned it in history books Mm -hmm. and I've seen movies, but I can't tell you the stories within that or what Mm -hmm. goes along with that. And so I think that's where we are missing the point. And Mm -hmm. I think that we have to make sure that we take responsibility for this and say, we have to share something because this is American history. Mm -hmm. This is 400 years that you need to know when people say systemic racism, what does that even mean? I was telling someone the other day, I said, you can't say that and not give them the root. Every Mm -hmm. system has a root. Well, because that impacts you, but not them. So why would they care? Right. Because we talk about the effects of a system, Mm -hmm. but we don't talk about the foundation of it. And I think that's when you got to have a conversation. I think even you, Janelle, have told me and had a really good point perspective, like you got to tell stories. Yeah. So the stance that we're taking as a family, and then I'm going to let you share your stuff, Jasmine, because you've made me really proud this week. All of you guys have. Our whole family has made me proud. I'm just going to tell you. But the stance that we've taken as parents is it's your job to inspire and talk to and educate and get people to say, wow, I never considered that. Yeah, I never thought of that. You're supposed to change perspective. And that is hard work. I'm going to say that. It's really freaking draining. It's a lot of emotional energy. We have, quite frankly, done nothing this week except talk as a family about Mm -hmm. these things and share perspectives. But this is necessary work, Mm -hmm. right? And and, And one of the points the girl in the video brought up is that Black people are tired of trying to explain why or how they're being oppressed. And they're tired of trying to explain to white people how to be Worrying better. Worrying about the wrong thing. But <laughs> as my dad brought up to me is, we don't have the, privilege. the luxury mm-hmm. and the privilege to, our ancestors didn't have the luxury and the privilege to say that they were tired when they were you know, out picketing and also protesting, protesting and, and being, working a full-time job, mm-hmm. fighting slavery. They never had the luxury to say they were tired. Mm-hmm. And all we have to do is continue to talk about racism and inform others so we cannot say we are tired yes, of doing Kate, that. Yes. And, and not just add something to let Jasmine go, but the main reason too, just to add to that, like the heavy lifting has been done already, yeah. right? The for fight, you. yeah. The fight for you know segregation, the fight for the ability to vote, the the fight for freedom mm-hmm. has been done for you, has paved the way so that you have the liberty mm-hmm. to have a conversation with the right. white person without it being something that you go to jail for mm-hmm. or something that you're lynched for. So I want to just make sure that if you're listening to this and you disagree, that is perfect. This mm-hmm. is who is this is for right. those people who don't see the same thing. But if you disagree, I want you to listen. I want you to reflect on that. Yep. Yeah. And I think that to have this idea that we're focusing on the questions people who aren't Black are asking, that drifts away from the real point of what we're trying to achieve. We're trying to get people to understand that there is a problem in our country. There's a problem with some mindsets. And we don't get to say that we're tired tired, of telling people. Mm -hmm. But don't you want white people to say, why shouldn't I say all lives matter? Right. Mm-hmm. Why shouldn't I say 
Blue Lives Matter. You had a conversation this morning with someone, you know? (laughs) Yesterday. I'm telling you guys all day long, this is happening, right? Uh And so one of Kayla's classmates said, you know, Blue Lives Matter. Uh Well, obviously he's passionate. You know, his father is a police officer. Yeah. So we've said it a million times. All cops are not bad. We Mm -hmm. have cop friends. We have have Mitchell, you know, Richland's boyfriend. Mm -hmm. We are so sad and praying for you that you're leaving your house in Oakland, going to respond to all of the riots and the calls and the looting. And that's terrible. And I'll tell you something my husband says all the time. It's terrible when you're a black man sitting at home watching other black men cause destruction and chaos in their community because you don't want people to say, that's a reflection. That's them, right? So Mm -hmm. black people are already upset that that's happening. Right. But these are conversations that just need to be had. And also, we have to clarify that a very large percentage of these looting and these rioters are not happening by Black people. Can we talk about that for a second? Because I feel like right now you're either on the side of all lives matter and, you know, I just don't want this negativity in my community. So one thing I've been dealing with this week as a business owner who owns a business in a predominantly white neighborhood... Do I use my platform and stand up and speak out? Of course I do. This impacts my family, right? But there was a peaceful protest in Glendora, and it was met with some white supremacists that were there at City Hall saying things like, we're going to do whatever we can or have to do to defend our city, our community. And that's shocking. And it's hurtful. And it's like, wait, this is the community we serve now for the past 10 years, right? There were all these talks of, you know, people hosting these peaceful protests. And then I found out through people that I know at the police department that there was an influx of calls with people saying, I'm fearful for my life. They're going to ruin my business. I'm going to go down. I'm going to board up my business. We don't want this nonsense in our community. Please take this somewhere else. I have to keep my kids safe. Like, that's the point of this is there's a certain race that feels like their kids are not safe. So for us to say we're not going to allow that in a community is mind-boggling to me. Yeah, and what kept me up last night tossing and turning and just trying to get to an understanding of how do I communicate this to everyone I interact with, the key thing is to remember is like I feel like for many, many years and decades and centuries, white people have made compromises, mm-hmm. right? They have compromised it and said, hey, we're going to go ahead and end slavery. We have compromised to say that, hey, you know what? We're going to allow you the ability to vote. We've compromised and we said, hey, we're going to allow you to be able to use the same restroom or go to the same schools. But These are all allowances. These are all allowances. Mm -hmm. These are things that you don't have to give up anything. Well, these are things that you didn't have before, but now we're going to compromise with you and we'll give you this allowance that now you can not drink from a separate water faucet. Now you can... Maybe let your kids go to school with our kids, right? Right. But equality has to come directly into the realm of sacrifice. Okay. And so we won't have equality in this country until there's actual sacrifice from the white majority. That's a hard word. And that's a very hard Mm -hmm. thing to say. And I know that if you're white, you're listening, you're going, what are you talking about? What else do you want? Right. So how do they sacrifice? Because equality is about giving up, right? Mm -hmm. So you you think about the fact that for 400 years, there's been a head start, mm-hmm. right? When you think about ending of slavery, 250 years of slavery, that's a head start right. as far as how to build, how to educate yourself, all those things. How and to so create wealth, over the to... last hundred years, 
I would say the African Americans had made huge uh, strides in mm-hmm. education and everything, mm-hmm. but it's still far behind when it comes to economic equality, health equality, mm-hmm. uh, education, well, yeah. uh, all those different things. And so I think what's important to understand is that what we're talking about is the sacrifice of giving up some comfort, mm-hmm. right? So giving up the comfort of claiming this as your safe city right. in order to let people peacefully protest because of injustice and inequality. Right. And that's what I think has triggered us the most is like people saying, no, you got to take that somewhere else. I don't want that in my city. My city is safe. We don't do that here. And that really hurt me this week. Yeah, That really hurt me this week because I took Jasmine by the protest in Glendora. There's probably 100 people. Mm-hmm. I would tell you 98 of them were probably white in other races. Yeah. Two of them were black, right? Yeah. So Jasmine <laughs> holds down. She rolls down her window. She holds up her fist. And she's crying because it, it's solidarity. Yeah. It feels good. And, you the, know? and the beauty of that was there were only a few adults there. Yeah. Which was mind-boggling, but also super inspiring because I'm inspired by my generation who's probably yep. overcoming what their parents taught them and who's probably like, standing what the heck? Up. And standing up and, and creating their own individual Whose thought. parents are probably telling them, don't do that yeah. in this community. It's not safe. People are going to talk Which crap. is a sacrifice. Yeah. Which is a sacrifice. And that's scary. And I'm seeing on social media people posting, just disowned my aunt or just disowned. And it can be yeah, hard to have to be like. Be and it's a sacrifice. And it's, it right. can be a sacrifice to not associate yourself with someone who is out to hate and who's mm-hmm. out to um, discriminate against. And, and that can be difficult. And I can understand completely how it can be when someone is so ignorant in your mm-hmm. family where you have to turn your head from them and really focus on your own yeah. individual like thoughts and beliefs. And that's why I was brought to tears to yeah. see Glendora because I knew going to high school in this area, I knew that there were so many people who had parents with beliefs that were racist yeah. and they were straight up mm-hmm. racist. And so And it was beautiful to see that my generation, there is hope. And I've been like really struggling to see, is there hope? Is Mm -hmm. there anything? Is there a light at the end of the tunnel? Like, how is this going to end? And I know it's not tomorrow, but it was definitely a eye-opening thing to see that. And I think that it's important for you to understand if you live in a predominantly white community, it's important for you to still show up and it can be peaceful But your friends and family, like people are watching you. My daughters are watching you. We're watching to see if you show up and what your sign says. And are you really standing in solidarity? Because that is important. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we're talking about today is the sacrifice, right? The sacrifice of your friends maybe judging you. The sacrifice of some community members or moms that go to your kid's school that are frowning upon, you know, what you're doing and bringing to our community. Those are the sacrifices that are required right now to make massive changes. Or falling outside of your political grouping, mm-hmm. right? You feel like if I do this, then am I not going to be Republican or a right. Democrat or whatever the, mm-hmm. that you are? You feel like your behavior is going to put you out of line of the status that you created in your own community. Mm-hmm. That's the sacrifice that is required. Mm-hmm. That over these years... Black people have made sacrifices because they had to. Mm-hmm. And then there are no there are very much a good number of white people that have made sacrifices, you know, whether it be the Underground Railroad or helping with educating uh, yeah. Blacks when Reconstruction was happening. So there have been those moments, but we need more of that, yeah. Yeah. right? 
I talked to a woman that came in the bakery yesterday morning and she was like, you know, this is just all so much. I wish it would end. And, you know, that's nice. Hopeful, wishful thinking, right? Everybody wishes it would end. Mostly black people wishes wish that it would end, you know. The like, injustice. The injustice. So then she said, I can't even watch the video. I can't even watch the video. It's just too much mm-hmm. and I can't. And I just politely, we had already been talking for about 15 minutes. I said, can I offer you a different lens? Like, can I give you a different perspective? And she said, sure. I said, you saying that you can't watch it and refusing to watch it is your privilege. That's your white privilege. Because other people are forced to be a part of it and experience it every day. And she just kind of sat there and was like, oh my God. I said, so you got to watch it. You have to watch it. And then you have to pick up a sign and then you have to decide, do I want to do what's right? Do I want to stand with people who are fighting for something I don't know what it feels like to have to fight for? Yeah. And it's and, difficult. And those have been the conversations. I know you guys have had them too. Go ahead. Yeah, babe. no, I'm, it's just, it's difficult sometimes because it can be broken down as a political thing. Yeah. Right. Like you don't have to associate with a political party to know that what is happening in our country mm-hmm. is unjust yeah it is not okay and then there's a issue systematically there is and that's the thing too is it's, it's eye-opening because it's super great and like going back to the fact that it's also having to be a sacrifice for some black people who have to teach and educate mm-hmm. non-black people about these issues and i think that it's a privilege to be able to do that i think I that think it's, so a, it's an honor to have that and i i take that as a spiritual sense as to i'm given a gift that i was given I was born black. So mm-hmm. therefore I am given certain challenges where I can utilize my blackness and I can utilize my knowledge and utilize that to either inspire people, to give knowledge to people. And I think that that needs to be the mindset of a lot of black people in our country right now, because it, it should be a privilege and should be something that we should take well, honor in. You're absolutely right. And I'm so proud of you for that. Yeah. But it's a privilege that like you were saying, Kayla, your ancestors fought yeah. for you to be able to have these conversations mm-hmm with people Mm -hmm. that don't get it neck and neck, hand in hand, Mm -hmm. on the phone, in a calm way, without you screaming, without you being spit on. Mm -hmm. We're watching, we're looking at those images from the 60s and it's very similar to a lot of the images you see right now. And I just have to say, some of you that are like holding up signs or posting things that say all lives matter, you're gonna go down in the history books And you're going to look just like those signs from the 1960s that were talking about segregation and whites only, because that's really what it is. Yeah. That's what you look like right now when you're doing that. Like, it's like showing up to, uh, it's like if I were to stand up at your uh, graduation and I'm giving a speech about how awesome my kid is, right? I'm like, Kayla Copeland, you've made me so proud. And someone comes over, grabs the mic and (laughs) says, all kids make mm-hmm. all parents proud. <laughs> That's it's some a, bullshit, right? All lives matter is discrediting. It's the discrediting the fact I'm giving a speech at your graduation. Yes. The point <gasps> is not the point of Black Lives Matter is not to say that only Black Lives Matter. Yeah. It is to point out the fact that Black Lives haven't been mattering. Our house is matter. on fire right now. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. The hard thing is, is that. I want to have that conversation just like you did with the young lady that mm-hmm. came into the, to the store because you have to liberate that mindset because mm-hmm. what people don't realize when they're saying that you are being racist. Yeah. And I know it's hard to it's swallow. It's a privilege. And, and yeah, it's a, it's a privilege for you to not have to think about the lives that are at stake mm-hmm. when you do that. And I think 
for me, it's like knowing that a lot of this is so subconsciously set, like the, your racist thoughts are unconscious biases that you have. You don't even realize them. And that's why it has to be liberated. And so for Black people out there, it's your opportunity, like Jasmine was just saying, to take on this and say, I'm going to use the progress that I sit in right now. And I, and I was telling someone earlier, I said, you can't say you're tired of doing this mm-hmm. because like, I what get it. Privilege. What a privilege. What about your, your 2020 Black privilege that you have right wow. now to say that you, you oh, I'm so tired. I don't want to have a conversation mm-hmm. anymore. You're not thinking about your great grandparents and your ancestors wow. that didn't have that luxury. So please back up, read that, reread the history books mm-hmm. so that you get charged up again so that you know, hey, I, I have to have this conversation mm-hmm. with you mm-hmm. because if I leave this conversation in your one changed mind, right? And maybe that changed mind turns into a changed heart. I know you're going to affect your family, mm-hmm. especially if you are a woman, a white woman. You're going to tell your kids something different. You're mm-hmm. going to, maybe when you take your kids to school, when we go back to school someday, <laughs> maybe you walk over to the new black parents that come in with their black kids and mm-hmm. you say, hey, I want to let you know you're welcome. Mm-hmm. Right? That's, to me, the sacrifice that's needed. Absolutely. is for you to make a mental shift and a heart shift. I love that. Yeah. And breaking that uncomfortable conversation like it can be I know that like I've heard a lot of parents on social media just talk about how wow I I have to talk to my kids about that and some people can be scared to have to reveal to their kids that this is what the world is like Mm -hmm. and that's maybe a reality but it's the reality Mm -hmm. and that may be a sacrifice because I know growing up my mom tried to like shield me from a lot of things and in a good heart of course Mm -hmm. but it's super sacrificial to be able to tell your kids like this is what's happening I'll never forget. I don't even know. I don't know that you guys really, really, really remember, but it was maybe three, four years ago you were working, Eddie, and a customer got really upset Mm. and you went over to defuse the situation because she was being uh, irrational with your employee, unruly with your employee. And you at one point just said, ma'am, I'm sorry, you're going to have to leave until you calm down. So you kind of escort her out. And she called you something. Yeah, what? she called me the N word straight mm-hmm. to my face. And, and, yeah. and said what it did a few she times. say specifically, though? Ooh, I feel like I wiped it out of my head. What did I, I know. What did I, what did I say? She, she said, said something, she something. She said something. I, I forgot. It was derogatory. It was mean. Say what you thought it was, though, because I think it's important to say it. She said something like, she just said the N word. She said, I forgot. I don't remember exactly. You're ruining said. the whole story now. Yeah. So. We go to BJ's. We're having dinner with the girls, our Mm -hmm. three small children, and we're sitting there. And you're telling us this story. And you said, she said something, something, something. About your too. Yeah. Right. She said it. And I remember Jasmine's face. She goes, oh, God. Like, you were so upset. Yeah. Yeah. And I just immediately started crying. Yeah. yeah, and then and you said that immediately all the employees could kind of, they had heard the word they were saying it to each other they were coming up to you apologizing some of them were crying it was so offensive yeah right and you said to the girls it was like one of the one of the few times that we had to really address mm-hmm. that in detail right yeah. and you said that's what's gonna happen. Yeah, like, it's just part of what we have to deal with. It's part of what we deal with, and you have to find a way that it doesn't control you emotionally. Right. You have to find a way to understand that 
wow, how, and I felt sorry for her. I felt like the only way mm. she felt like she could express herself to me was to try to insult me. Right. It was to try to call me something that she, that felt she would, thought would trigger that you. would trigger yeah. me, so they would get me out of my own mm-hmm. disposition. And, and, and you'd lose your mind. And I would lose my mind, and now we're two fools looking crazy right. in the store. Yeah. But can I and tell then, you guys, Eddie is like Jesus. <laughs> he literally is, isn't yeah. he? Your father mm-hmm. is and like I, Jesus. And I, so, He's it, so calm. He's so peaceful. Nothing you could say to this man would really no, rattle him, told, especially though something like that. Yeah, and I told my all my employees, I said, yeah. "There's no way that she was going to affect me with right. that word." But people couldn't understand that. No, they couldn't, and I was trying to understand them that I have gotten to a place where that word has zero power over right. me because that word is designed to incite me. It's also was designed to give me a characteristic mm-hmm. that I don't fit. Right. That's yeah. not me. Right. Right. And so. When you get to that place and you understand that the N-word is not you, mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. it has nothing to do with you, that it was a word that was created to continue to oppress you, Shackle, yeah. yeah, and to keep you in the mental shackles of slavery and oppression, is it still an insult? Yeah, it's still an insult. I think you're out of line by using it, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to get upset by right. it. Right. Yeah. And but so- most of your friends, would you say they would get upset? Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I think that in many Black people that I know, people listening to this right now, are triggered by it, yeah, right? Yeah. And, and I cry. It, yeah, and, and, and <laughs> you did cry, and it wasn't you. <laughs> was, yeah, and she literally was seeing me a, a black man in power, mm-hmm. and she was a white woman, mm-hmm. and I was exerting my power upon her by telling her to leave, mm-hmm. and that's something that it she wasn't comfortable with, yeah. comfortable yeah. with, and so she she felt like I, the only way I could take back the power that I think I was born with mm-hmm. is by calling you by this name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so what I really want people to realize is that. This high idea of race and color and white was created. Mm-hmm. It was created to control. It mm-hmm. was created to actually put into law to differentiate dis- mm-hmm. uh, indentured slaves versus black slaves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so once they made that characteristic change and they created this word white, all of a sudden we have white supremacy. Mm-hmm. And so that's the kind of conversation you got to have with your white friends. You yeah. have to explain to them that, hey, this whole idea of white was created, right? You know that we lived in a time where we didn't even look at that. Like yeah. there wasn't racism until we said, hey, we're going to create white because these slaves keep rebelling and we need to stop that from happening. Yeah. The only way we can do that is separate our indentured slaves, which were white, yeah. and our black slaves. Mm-hmm. And once they did that, then all of a sudden years started to pass and we started to really create a second class citizen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And at that time, we weren't even a second class citizen because we weren't a citizen at all, but we started to create a second class human being. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's so important that Knowing this, knowing that like we as black people are trying to not give power to that word doesn't discredit that it's not okay to use. Doesn't discredit yeah. yeah. And I know I, I saw someone on Twitter who I did respond to, who I I, <laughs> I had to respond to, who said, Black people need to stop feeling like they need to tell people to stop using the N-word. Like it's mm-hmm. you're using it against you as hate white white boy as mm-hmm. well. You're using it as hate. Why should I feel bad for the hate I don't feel when using it. And I think that that's a tactic. <laughs> Did you guys hear Kayla go, <gasps> and I think, and I'm having to really like, cause I'm, I, I'm very in touch with my emotions. So I have to, in this time, I've been really having to separate my emotions mm-hmm. from logic and actually trying to explain to people in a logic way, mm-hmm. using my education and using my composure has to not come off as an angry black woman, mm-hmm. but um, to be able to share with people that that word was used to shackle us and used to oppress us. Just because we're trying not to give power to the word does not 
leave you there's to, no license and there's no yeah and there's no there's no it way you just erase the fact that it was used and there's by, and it's not okay to be telling african-americans how they should feel about a certain word or how should they should feel about certain no things say. because that is implicit bias and that is not something because we're trying to tell others how we feel or how they feel or how they should feel that contributes to prejudice and that contributes to racism so you guys said something really quick about like in high school, again, predominantly white neighborhood that people would give out the N card. Certain kids could say yeah. the word. Like, yeah. And I, I actually really, really struggled with that, <laughs> really struggled with that because I've never said the word in my life. And I know that that like it just not to give it power, but just because it, there's no use for it anymore. Mm-hmm. I know that a lot of in the times of hip hop culture, it was starting to be used a lot because black people can now they're taking power mm-hmm. of the word, which I think is great. But I feel like it's now being like, oh, they gave me the end. Like in high school, I was go crazy. They gave me the end card. Oh, no, I got the end card. I mm-hmm. can say it. I can say it. Which I, was so crazy. To me. We had like four black kids who were just giving out end cards like it was like. Yeah, that's crazy. Like candy. And so I really had to like. I'm going to say that those in cars are counterfeit because they don't actually have the the pretty press (laughs) to get that out. Yeah. And I think that it was it was a real struggle for me. And I really had to talk to them because I was friends with the only black kids on campus. Mm -hmm. And just to know that, hey, like, that's dumb. That's stupid. Mm -hmm. It's not cool. It's not a slang. And and we need to stop using it. So have people ever said to you, you speak really well for a black girl? Oh, my gosh. I've heard that all the time. Mm-hmm. And but do the black girls tell you that you're not black enough or you're not really? Well, that's the thing is I grew up and never had a black girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And to this day, I am like still trying to make like, I'm like, <laughs> she needs a black girlfriend. I need a black girlfriend. And I mean, I've had, I have um like friends with like curly hair and, and mm-hmm. my and like I have my sisters and I'm. But to really understand, like, a, 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 mm-hmm. and I and I didn't really grow up with a, I didn't have a black mother. I didn't mm-hmm. have, I mean, I had my grandmother, but I mean, I never really got mm-hmm. to firsthand see a black woman. And mm-hmm. so I just went based on the, the people I was surrounded mm-hmm. with. We all talk the same. We articulate ourselves very mm-hmm. well. And I've been called, Jasmine, you're not, you're not really black. You right. talk white. And I... And I never realized that that's racist. That's so a racist thing. It's to like say. You know, if you if you struggle with understanding that when someone says that they are basically saying white is the right way yeah. to speak and black the quote unquote air quotes black is the wrong way to speak. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is that when a person that is from let's just say France moves to the United States and has a very thick French accent. No one ever goes to that person and say, oh my God, you don't really talk white. You talk French. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Right? Because we, as a people, we have created a dialect that is original, mm-hmm. right? And so it's almost, it's a dialect within the English language, but now it's something that I think you're seeing more and more people embrace that, hey, oh yeah, that's a, that is a dialect that's no different than any other dialect that mm-hmm. we've had in the English language. Yeah. But I think people lose that. And so mm-hmm. when we talk about being racist, good people, and we said this in the last episode, there are very good people with great hearts that are racist mm-hmm. and they don't even know it. 
Yeah. There are people that and don't want to... they have racist, t- racist tendencies, I should say. Yeah. Right. That's what I was saying. They don't want to wear the title of being a racist because that is just too much. But I think but, there's a difference between a bigot right, and yeah, someone that absolutely. has racist tendencies. And there are things that if you have girlfriends, you should be able to say, hey, I love you, but that was a racist comment, yeah. what you just said. And they go, oh yeah. my God, really? But <laughs> a lot of times, and this is for our listeners, like this is a learning moment for you. You don't get to be offended by that. No. Yeah. You just can't. If someone calls you out and says, that's real racist, what you said, you have to ask, mm. oh my God, really? What made yeah. it racist? Like, you know, my heart's pure. It doesn't matter if your heart's pure. That was still racist. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't say that you were a racist and you should burn at the stake, but that was a racist statement, right? right? And so I would just say, like, with the people that I've been talking that it's okay that you didn't recognize your privilege and you probably still don't. And, you know, getting back to like our city, our hometown, our community, we love this community, but we need you to love everybody in the community equally, Mm -hmm. right? And so what I've been trying to teach my girls in our house is that you have to understand, like if you grew up in a Glendora, Covina, there were not a lot of black people here they don't know the struggles that you've gone through. They don't know who to call, who to like. So when you tell them to educate themselves, they need you. They need a friend. What are the resources? Yeah, Yeah. they need to say, hey, can I bounce some ideas off of you? Like, this is what I think is right, but is it? Like, we've had so many of our friends reach out and just say, hey, can I talk to you about this? Can I ask you, is this right? Can I use this term? You know, how do I pledge allegiance and how do I become an ally and is it okay if I go to a rally and is it and I think we've just done a really great job trying to help people see that we all play a part in this yeah and I think we all saw the beauty of seeing the diversity at the at the protest that we went to that really charged us to say we have to help our friends and our families with this and then before we move on I want to say this We have become very simple as a society. And what I mean by that is like the whole idea of saying when you say Black Lives Matters discredits police officers' lives, discredits white people's lives. Like you can hold all of them very equally in your heart. Like you understand that that every single human Mm -hmm. being's lives matter. But you have to embrace the fact that right now in this point in time in history, this is the focus. Yeah. And so I think we have to get away from these simple approaches where we think that we can't hold two opposing or not, I should say not opposing, but two thoughts at the same time. Yeah. Right. And so that to me, we are much more intelligent than that as a mm-hmm. human species. Like we can hold two, two thoughts at one time. In closing, I guess uh, I want Kayla to read something that she wrote, but in closing, I think I'd say Call one of the Copeland sisters. Yeah. Um, Following me on Instagram, uh, Kayla Copeland. (laughs) And yeah, and and it is exhausting, but that doesn't mean that we're going to stop. But it's also (laughs) liberating. Yeah. You've come out of your room and you've been like, I I got her to see and it's good, right? I have had great conversations at work and I'm like, yes, I changed her perspective. Like I totally know it, right? Yeah. So in closing, can you please tell us what your response was to this person? So that way people can understand that it's their responsibility, but also you're trying to educate your fellow students, fellow classmates, fellow Mm. black girls, right? Yeah. So uh, this is what I wrote. This is my perspective as a black person on this matter. And I do not expect all black people to agree and white people should not expect all black people to feel the same. 
This is not meant to attack anyone's feelings on the matter, rather it is to add a different perspective. The stamina required for fighting equality is endless. My ancestors did not have the luxury of saying they were tired when they fought for the freedom from bondage or when they fought for our civil rights while maintaining a full-time job. So I refuse to be tired about simply talking about race and helping anyone understand what they can do to fight in this movement. Change can only happen through gained empathy and we as black people cannot expect white people who have yet to be immersed in any black culture or experience to have the desire to take the initiative to research everything about black oppression without it being shown to them by who else better than black people. In saying this, I do not encourage white ignorance. In fact, I say this because the best way to fight it is to be willing to educate no matter what. Yes, people should feel obligated to research themselves and maybe most of the white people you know are willing to do so. But we must realize that this is only done because that person has gained empathy through a tie they might have with the black community. Now, you must ask yourself, would a white person who has grown up in with subconscious racism ingrained into their mind, as it is for everyone, and has no ties or empathy to the black community, take it upon themselves to read a book about black oppression? Whether we like it or not, the answer is no, they would not. So it is our responsibility to educate on the black experience and how white people can help because it is impossible to attempt to a fight for Black Lives Matter without the allyship of all people. And I said, I understand that this goes against what a lot of black people have to say during this time, but I encourage you to ask me questions that I can answer from my perspective. And I said, we can be tired of being oppressed, but we cannot be tired of doing everything in our capability to fight against it. Amen. I'm proud of you. Mic drop. I'm proud of all of you guys. So if you have any questions, reach out to Kayla Copeland, Jasmine <laughs> Copeland, Eddie Copeland, Jordan Cope Copeland, Eddie, on Instagram. Eddie Copeland, at Jasmine Copeland, <laughs> yeah. at Kayla Copeland. And, Feel you know, free. We're and we, here to serve, though. Yeah, we absolutely. really are. We're here to help. We're here to answer questions. Our family doesn't have all the answers, but we're willing at least to have conversations. You sure? I think we have a lot of answers. Well, we don't I'm know just, everything. I'm just joking. <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> So thanks for listening. We hope that this has uh, been helpful for you. We hope that you'll share it. And if you, like Kayla said in her message, if you have not been immersed in the Black culture, you don't have a lot of Black friends, maybe you need some. Mm-hmm. Call the Copeland yeah. sisters yeah. and just sure, say, hey, I'll be your friend. <laughs> <laughs> Can we chat about this? I have some questions. This podcast is all about love, yeah. inclusion. Uh, this household is all about loving everyone. So although we are sharing our perspectives and our experiences and everything that we understand about race, just know what our intentions are to help and to liberate Mm -hmm. the subconscious mind that may hold racist thoughts or racist ideas or may have a tough time with the resistance that you're feeling inside. Or maybe maybe you're having a tough time to find the language of helping people in your family. We hope that this helps and serves that, that purpose. Yep. So uh, we're also going to be starting a mission within the next probably 48 hours. By the time you listen to this, it'll probably be live, but it's called Stand Together. And we're trying to raise a quarter of a million dollars to help fight against racial injustice. So stay tuned for that. We'll see you guys later. Bye, guys. Push through. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Push Podcast. 
hey, we want to hear from you. So if you have a question or there's a particular topic that you want us to tackle and you want us to help you push through, you got to do something for us. You got to go to Apple Podcasts and you got to leave a rating and a review. And in that review, go ahead and leave that question with your Instagram handle so that we can shout you out when we actually answer the question. And we'll talk about that on the podcast and make sure that, hey, this particular podcast is made for you. So leave a rating, leave a review, leave your handle. And until next time, push through.